And welcome to the Bleacher Connection with your hosts, Ken and Trevor, a part of Unhinged Radio, powered by Belly Up Sports. Make sure to follow them at Radio Unhinged and at Belly Up Sports to find out all the great podcasts on the network. As always, you can find Trevor and I on social media. Trevor's at the BleacherCon 1, and I am at the BleacherCon 2. We have our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection Podcast. Make sure you hit up our link trees on our Twitter account and Facebook, where you can find the links to our uh, partners at Dr. Squatch, All Natural Salt for Men, as well as our merch page. Trevor, how you doing on this fine weekend? Hey, Ken, I'm actually really good. I've uh, For any Survivor fans, they might catch this reference. I've got a little bit of the uh, Jeff Probst going on. My uh, throat's a little hoarse. I uh, was at a Stampeders football game this weekend with a lot of cheering as we beat our uh, big rivals, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And let me just say, my throat's a little sore today, so we'll see how this goes. I uh, I may not be quite as emphatic as I can be because <laughs> it hurts a little. I, I got to say, I'm a little disappointed in how that game won- went, and I'm I'm not even talking about the game on the field between the Stampeders and Rough Riders. It's the fact that, well, I mean, you took your daughter, which is great, but you let her wear green. Oh, I against- gave her... Why? I didn't let her No, I didn't let her. I told her, I said, you're going to get a hard time. You're going to get a hard time about this. And she said, I don't care. It's my favorite hat. And I was like, okay. And uh, actually before the game, we ran into John Cornish wandering around and I asked Mr. Cornish to take a picture with my daughter. And I said, I said, you have to take your green toque off. And, and John Cornish looks at her and goes, Oh, why would you wear that? <laughs> I didn't even, like you sent me that photo. I didn't even see it at the time. And I was like, I, I saw the one you posted earlier uh, this morning on Facebook. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why is she wearing a green toque? Like, how did you allow this to happen as, you know, a father and a Stampeders fan? I just, I could not understand that. Hey, trust me, I, I said something and I didn't win. Something about teenage daughters. They usually win the battles over their dad. So I kind of was just like, well, that's fine. And as expected, my family at the game gave her a hard time. Some of the people sitting around us were the regular Step Eaters fans, gave her a bit of a hard time, but it was all in good fun. So, right on. What do we got going this week, Trevor? Well, on this week's episode, Ken, we've got some explosive allegations starting to leak out from Robin Lehner that we weren't originally going to talk about this, but how can we not talk about this? This could blow up and be huge. Uh, the original topic this week was going to kind of be our preview show for the NHL. Now, we're not going to go fully in-depth on a preview show because we will be joining John Easthope and the Double Digit Hockey Podcast to do a, a, a special two-hour full season premiere. So any of our listeners who want to really you know, get our division-by-division division analysis, the NHL will have to tune into that show but we are going to look at a couple of really intriguing storylines that we have heading into the season. And we're going to give our predictions on who takes home the hardware in the NHL this year. Uh, Again, as always, Ken and I have no idea who the other person has chosen. So that could spark some pretty good debate between us. Yeah. It's uh, it's always fun going into, into the show, not knowing what the other guy is going to say and they get the, the natural reactions. I love it. It's it's part of what makes this show fun is we really don't know what we're coming up with here and who's gone what way. So I think 
you get some raw emotion that way out of it as uh, I kind of go, what the hell are you thinking, Ken? Yeah. Yeah. What, what were you drinking last night that made you pick this? It's, exactly. Uh, exactly. It's a lot. It's a lot but of I think we need to kick off the, the episode with the explosive allegations started to come out. Robin Lehner on his Twitter, goaltender of the Vegas Golden Knights, threw out some pretty harsh criticism towards some the Buffalo Sabres, the Philadelphia Flyers, Elaine Vigneault. Ken, I believe you have his Twitter up. Why don't you bring the listeners kind of up to speed if they haven't heard about this? Yeah, uh, I'll start off by saying that Robin Lehner is, I mean, just a goaltender for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He's never been one to... Sh- to be shy to share what's on his mind regarding whatever's going on. He's very open in public with his mental health issues that he's had in the past. He is very open to sharing those. And I think that helps a lot of people. And it's, I think that's really good. You can see a lot of people who come out and say to him, you know, I know what you're, I know what you're going through. I appreciate you sharing it. I know I'm not alone. Well, last night he came out with some more openness and uh, no filter tweets regarding some things that go on in the NHL. Uh, And I'll I'll read one of his tweets here that uh, came out. This is Robin Lehner. Is it common for workplaces to give out benzodiazepines to employees when they travel in Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists? Asking for a friend. This doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear, but I know many other teams. I also being on teams that do. Another one of his tweets was at Philadelphia or hashtag Philadelphia Flyers question mark. Dinosaur coach treating people, robots, not human. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire Vigneault. First story. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. So those are his just two of his tweets that he put out last night. Um, Pretty explosive accusations towards team doctors. Uh, quite shocking, but also typical. Not surprising. Yeah, not surprising for what has also come out. Okay, before we dive a little bit more into this, last year, within the last year, Sportsnet, a Canadian uh, sports station, put out a, a little documentary featuring Ryan Kessler was one of the players, fairly new to not being an active player where he and a few other players spoke about the use of Toradol in the NHL and to make sure that they can keep playing. You don't feel the pain. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, I have talked sometimes at nauseum regarding Jack Eichel, but that's another one where there was a, a story that came out that had a quote from a doctor that said, if you fuse Jack Eichel's discs now, sure, he can play, he'll be fine. But if it, he requires it again or, or other discs to be fused, by the time that he's no longer playing and older, he will be in pain. He will be in discomfort. Where this other surgery, I think he was more in favor of the one that Jack Eichel wants to get, would mean he has a better quality of life post-hockey. And I think the big thing that comes out of all these stories, because we could even take it back to the days of Eric Lindros with the Philadelphia Flyers, who was very vocal as well regarding his medical treatment there. And this is just, you know, it seems the teams are more concerned about the now while we have you under contract. We don't care about your post NHL life or 
the fact that you take Jack Eichel's situation, he wants out. So to the Sabres, do they care about him much more than that? Not at all. Not at all. I Bravo to Robin Lehner. I'm, it's about time some of the current players who are living through these circumstances right now talk about this. And I know there's a story coming out this morning or later this weekend that the NHL is like, hey, do you want to do an interview with us, Mr. Lehner? And I'm like, I hope he says, hell no. I want him to keep going on Twitter. Friggin' let it, let it go. Tell the stories unfiltered. This needs to be said. There's, there's an issue in hockey. And if you think this is just the NHL, don't kid yourselves. This is happening in the NFL. This is happening in major league baseball. This is happening in the NBA. It needs talked about like the teams take advantage of the players. It's all about, you just said it, Ken, the here and now, what can you do for me now? I need you in the lineup now. Uh, Daniel Carcillo came out with a story kind of backing up Robin Lehner about Steve Monador and how the hell does a player get cleared after I think 18 concussions, 18 or 19, yeah, 18 or 19, 19 concussions. And the, and Steve Monador had to go to like outside team doctors to get a, a fair analysis of what's going on. He finally, and he had to sign off on a I'm fit to play type waiver. Well, he finally does that after I think his 19th concussion and the Chicago Blackhawks go and send him to the AHL right away because they were so pissed off at him. Like, what is going on right now is really disappointing. It has to be said. I think this story is going to blow up. If Robin Lehner is allowed to speak freely on Twitter, as he has, this is going to blow up. Dale Weiss came out and said, yeah, yeah, this is happening. Uh, and he said, great that a current player is saying something. It's about time. It's a current player and not former players. Shed some light on this because this is a problem. And this is a problem across all of sports. And something needs done about this. Like These are human beings that have careers after their playing days. They, you know, they're going to have children. They're going to have, like, what is their quality of life when they're done playing? That is important. That's a huge issue in the NFL right now, the quality of life post-career. So, bravo. Thank you, Robin Lehner. Yeah. It, it, before I go into my, my next thought on the, you know, the, the here and now, Robin Lehner also put out one, and I'm, I don't know if this was Buffalo or where he was playing, but he talked about uh, an ankle injury he had, and he said, they screwed my ankle. That was time. Buffalo, I believe. Yeah. It was then surgery, then pills, no care, almost died. But hey, after forcing leg presses after a few weeks, after a bad high ankle sprain uh, first game, that is the foot after treatment. And like he's got a picture of it there. His ankle looks like a softball. It's it's massive. Um, You know, how often do we see athletes regardless of it's the NHL or not, whatever sport, how many times do you find athletes, especially in the more physical sports, come out of it with a substance abuse problem, whether it be pain medication, alcohol, other drugs, it, it just seems all too common. And it can't just be that, hey, like the party, some of these guys are putting their bodies on the line just watched the, the BC Lions game 
on Friday night where Lucky Whitehead made a catch and they got absolutely drilled and was out of, you know, pretty much should have been out of the game, but he came back later on one-handed. These guys are getting hit and hurt repeatedly. And I think a, a lot of people look at it as, well, hey, they make millions of dollars. Who cares? They'll be all right. Some of these guys aren't all right when their playing career is done. I look at, and I'm going to take this kind of in a slightly different direction. There's always been this mentality in the NHL that they're tough as nails. They play through anything. We've had players play through broken foots, broken ankles. They, they get high sticked in the face and damn near get their eye cut out. And there's like stitches galore. And then, you know, people talk about, oh, a major league baseball player may not play with a hangnail. You know what? I'm certain. Of, and I used to always think that, yeah, the NHL guys are tough and whatever. You know, I'm certain to maybe think that maybe some of the other leagues that hold their players out when they are hurt are actually the ones in the right here and not the I'm tougher than that mentality. And we can play through anything. Uh, maybe it's time that the NHL doesn't play through everything and actually let these players heal. But, but what are you talking about? They've given them a week off during the season to rest now. They have a week off during where they don't play any games. Like they, but to do that, they've condensed the schedule so much. They're playing nine, 10 back-to-backs throughout the year. Back-to-backs were not a normal thing five, 10 years ago. Now you're looking and going, holy crap, that's their third back-to-back in four or five weeks. They, they've got so many games. They've got it condensed down in a normal, we're not, not talking covid time where they've had to condense everything in to get it to get it done i'm a little surprised they didn't try and fit 82 games into last year it's getting to be a bit much these guys it's a job it's a great job i mean i would kill to be a professional athlete figuratively not literally so you know don't take that as a threat to anyone um but it, it is it's a job no one should have to go to job and play through the pain you know we get sick days if you feel under the weather you, you call in sick and you you stay home till you feel better right these guys are expected to oh you got the flu and you're throwing up on the bench well toughen up get out there and go score two goals and win us a game tough it out that's yeah. the term i was kind of looking for tough it out no that that mentality has to stop yeah it it's going to be really interesting to see what uh goes on with Robin Lehner and the league. The league wants to talk to him. And I'm pretty sure it's to tell him to shut the hell up. The league doesn't want this black eye going into a season. And I hope he doesn't because it needs to get addressed. And the player safety, which is what they always talk about, player safety, player safety, player safety. Now, some of it is on the players. I'm not going to fully put this on the league because the players still – hit each other from when they see the numbers 10 feet away. They still put it, try and put them into the third row through the glass. So some of it's on the players, some of it's on the team, but there's a difference between a guy like Robin Lehner who makes $5 million and is a star on his team versus a guy on league minimum trying to make it and being told to tough it out and get back on the ice with a broken bone. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there needs to be a culture shift in hockey, and I think it's slowly starting. And I, I really hope this whole Robin Lehner thing is what spearheads it. 
Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners on this topic. Do you agree with what Robin Lehner has said? What's your thoughts on NHL player safety? Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at the BleacherCon1 and Ken is at the BleacherCon2. Well, Ken, I think we're going to now dive into some of our NHL season preview. We're a matter of days away from the kickoff of the NHL season. I know both you and I are very excited about uh, getting to watch our teams play on a, a every other night, essentially, sometimes back-to-back, as you just mentioned, more often than I'd like to see. Before we get into some of our giving away the hardware for the year, both you and I kind of came up with some very intriguing storylines that we had heading into this season that we really wanted to discuss today. I'm going to lead off here with my intriguing storyline, and I know the Tampa Bay Lightning are two-time defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. They are probably still one of the best teams in the NHL. My intriguing storyline is I think there's another team in Florida that may take the title of the best team in Florida this year. And I'm talking about the Florida Panthers. Ken, do you think the Florida Panthers can oust the Tampa Bay Lightning as being the best team in Florida this season? No, but I will say this. They will make it very interesting between the two of them. I think where Tampa may have the edge is solidified goaltending. That to me is the one box that the Panthers don't get a full check mark in. They got a half mark in goaltending because there's some questions there with Bobrovsky. Um, There are more than some questions with Bobrovsky. A lot of money on that contract still left. Uh, And a lot of years, (laughs) including this year, there is five years left on that. Uh, he signed (laughs) at a $10 million hit. So to me, I think they'll make it very interesting, but the class of that division is still Tampa. I disagree with that, but I, like I say, they're going to make it interesting. Florida will dominate that division. And I think that uh, it won't be as big a gap as it used to be between the two of them. I think it's going to come down to be very close. Would I be surprised if they came ahead of Tampa? No. Do I expect it? I think it would take a Tampa, uh, an Andre Vasilevsky falling off the, you know, cliff to never be found again type of a season for, for that to happen. I'm going to about 75% agree with you there. I think a lot of things have to fall right for the Florida Panthers to be ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you mentioned goaltending. Well, that's wild card number one right there because the Florida Panthers have somebody in the weeds. He may not even be in the weeds. He played last year in the playoffs in Spencer Knight that could swing that towards the Florida Panthers. Uh, spoiler alert, I believe Spencer Knight's name may come up in some of our uh, trophy talk in, in very shortly here, but I look at what the Florida Panthers can put up on their forward ranks. And one of the staples of what made Tampa Bay so good was they could roll three lines of great forwards. Well, Tampa Bay's taken a bit of a hit. They've lost some of that depth. They, you know, I think it's a Gord is gone. Tyler Johnson's gone. 
they're not quite as deep up front. And I look at Florida, the Florida Panthers brought in Sam Reinhardt. They've got Barkoff and Huberto are probably two of the most unknown superstars in the NHL. Yeah, Patrick Hornquist, Anthony DeClaire had a great season last year. Sam Bennett, and again, I'm very torn on Sam Bennett. I don't think you're going to see the Sam Bennett that put up 25 points in 20 games. I don't think you're going to see that. But again, I, he he's a legit top nine NHL forward. You got Vetrano, Carter Verhage had a, a ridiculous breakout season last year. Up front, I think the Florida Panthers are probably better than the Tampa Bay Lightning, minus maybe Nikita Kucherov. But God knows he may only play 40 games. Steven Stamkos always gets hurt, it seems like. So I think the Florida is deeper. The Panthers are deeper up front than the Tampa Bay Lightning now. And I can't believe I'm saying that about a two-time defending cup champion. On the back end, you've got a very good pair in, in uh, Ekblad and Montour. Mackenzie Weger had an absolute breakout season last year. Radko Gudis kind of adds that tough-as-nails mentality, which I think you might need. So do I think Florida's going to finish ahead of Tampa Bay? No, I don't. I actually think they're going to finish third in that division. I do think they're going to give them a run. If Spencer Knight turns into the, a legit stud, absolutely, I think they might finish first or second in that division. Uh, you mentioned you thought Florida was the class of that division, whether it be Florida and Tampa Bay together. I don't. I actually think that's the Boston Bruins are going to finish first in that division. Oh, Really? I think, oh, yeah. I like what the Bruins have done this offseason. To me, I, again, it comes to goaltending for them. Yeah, they I, have, they're right? deeper like, than both those teams put together. I, I just like the Bruins. I you're really counting do. on Swayman for 82 games for a full season? I don't know. That's a yeah. tough one. They got Linus Allmark, sure, but that's – Yeah, I think I, Linus Allmark's going to be the stopgap for – 30-ish games until Tuka Rask is healthy and comes back. And then Rask is the number one. I still got to sign him. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I think Boston's the class of that division. I just like what they've done up front. they got the best line in hockey. Then I think it's going to be Tampa and Florida duking it out. And and the good news story, I would love to see the, the feel-good story that the Florida Panthers finish first that division. I think they can. I really do. A lot's going to have to fall correct for them to do that. Let's just say now that's the best division in hockey. And I feel sorry for kind of the Toronto Maple Leafs down in that division. I kind of feel sorry for those teams because you're in with why well, I sure I guess I don't feel that bad for the Maple Leafs and Canadians. Maybe the senators I feel bad for. Yeah. That's an up and coming team. You're playing with three juggernauts in that division. I'm sorry. It, it's going to be pretty tough for you, but that's going to be by far the best division hockey. It's going to be very, very exciting. And I really hope we get to see another Tampa Bay, Florida rivalry in the playoffs. Cause that that's just great for hockey in the state of Florida in general. So I would love to see that. Ken, I wanted to talk about the Florida Panthers. What team did you want to talk about? And I know this is going to pain you. Oh, I don't really want to talk about them. I'm surprised I am, but it comes down to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we joked when we had uh, two for chirping, when we did a, that season preview one for last year, we joked that the over-under for them winning games was 10, 10 and a half. And they surprised us then. This should be a team that is on the absolute downswing 
of any type of playoff run. And they've managed through this offseason, I think, to put them into a legit playoff contender conversation with what they've done. Now, I know a lot of people weren't too impressed with Seth Jones' first game uh, based on what he's going to get paid after this season, but they've done a lot of different things to, to sure up some holes. They, they, let's see, they, they got, well, they didn't have to bring him in, but they got Jonathan Taves back. So that's a win right there. You're getting your captain back and one of your top players. Uh, you brought in Tyler Johnson. You've got uh, Jujar Kara to come in on the back end. You, you've got Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, Caleb Jones. They, they got some guys that came in that can help them up front and on their back end. And the biggest piece of it is we questioned last year who the hell was going to play net for them because it was down to Malcolm Subban and a whole bunch of guys we'd never, ever heard of before. But they went out and made a trade for Marc-Andre Fleury and gave up literally nothing. Nothing because they got the guy back from Vegas for nothing. So they picked up Marc-Andre Fleury, who was the Vesna Trophy winner last year, and still, at 36 years of age, one of the best goaltenders in the league. For me, the Central Division revolves around the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think they are going to surprise a lot of teams with what they've done. You think the central division revolves around the Blackhawks. Wow. That's, that's a bold statement considering the Colorado avalanche played in that division. Um, Whose goaltending is better. I don't know that that matters. I, I just think Colorado is just, uh, is, is that much better than when Chicago's Chicago. Ha- but when Chicago's had the goaltending, they have been a much better team. They've got a goaltender now. They, they don't need, like, Duncan Keith's gone. Whatever. Brent Seabrook. Well, uh, yeah. Seabrook's they they turned Keith and Seabrook essentially into Flurry and Tyler Johnson and, and uh, Caleb Seth Jones. Or Seth Jones. Like, and Caleb, right? And but, Caleb Jones. Like, I really like what they've, they essentially turned dead cap space into very usable yeah. pieces. So I got to, I got to give the Blackhawks organization a lot of credit there because they are a much better team. They're but top to say that defense. The, oh, go ahead. Yeah, to say that that division revolves around the Blackhawks, I don't know about that. I, I think the Blackhawks are definitely in the conversation to finish anywhere from second to fifth. Uh, I think Minnesota, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if Kaprizov is going to do it again. St. Louis, I think, looks pretty good again this year. I said it a few weeks ago. I think Winnipeg looks really good this year. I really like what they've done. They're not better than Colorado. I'm sorry. I can't say that. And Dallas, Dallas always seems to be in that conversation. So do I think Chicago might be better than Dallas? Yes. Would I be surprised if Dallas finishes ahead of Chicago? No, I wouldn't. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with Chicago. Their biggest offseason acquisition might have been a player they always had, Jonathan Taves. I love what they've done with in that Marc-Andre Fleury. And I believe another spoiler alert, his name may come up in some of our uh, trophy talk. 
I, I'm agreement with you. I think Chicago's kind of gone from, they seem like they were becoming an irrelevant team. And I think they're very relevant again. I do expect them to be in the playoff hunt. Uh, I, they've got some young, exciting players. Debrinkit looks like the real deal. I think Tyler Johnson, given more, uh, it might have a rebound from Tampa Bay. He'd kind of been cast aside in Tampa Bay. He's got a lot to bruise. He'll be playing second line, second line minutes at minimum, right? He's yeah, going to be top six. You've got Kubalik, who that guy can shoot the puck. <laughs> There's one thing that guy can do. Adam Gaudet, I really like that pickup. I was, he's kind of a speed speed center, which I think is very important in the game. Uh, again, I don't know why Vancouver ever got rid of him. Jujar Kara just offers more bottom six depth on that team. Kirby Doc, like is this a breakout season for Kirby doc? Very possible. Like there are, are a lot of good players on this team, especially up front their back end. I'm not quite as sold as some of the other teams, in the division like Seth Jones, he's a good player. I just don't know that he's a 30, 30 minute a night minute muncher that that team needs. Uh, Connor Murphy really stepped out of the limelight about a year and a half ago. He looks like the real deal. I Caleb Jones is a major wild card. That guy might be an absolute steal. And I think one of the things the Chicago is going to have to do is there's going to be a bit of a culture change away from the Keith and Seabrook era. And it's time for the new guys to, to kind of put in their culture. And if they can do that, they're going to be a good team. And you mentioned it, Mark andre Fleury. Like this guy, I thought his career was over five years ago when he went to Vegas. And he's been lights Better. out since he left the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think he's going to be lights out again this year. So do I think Chicago is the class of that division? No. Is Chicago going to make the playoffs this year? I'm going to say yes. Well, the thing with Seth Jones, he was in Columbus under Tortorella. Most players don't flourish under Tortorella very long. Tortorella has a shelf life with almost every single team of three years. And then the act gets old and you have players wanting out. That's it. And regardless that Tortorella was gone, Seth Jones had had enough. I think playing on a team where you can look around and go, I'm not the guy. I don't have to be the guy. I have to be good, but I don't have to be the guy. You've got Kane. You've got Taves. You've got Flurry. You've got other guys around you that will just let you be. And You've got championship think, pedigree on that yeah. team. And I think that will help Seth Jones. Calvin DeHaan, good defender. Jake McCabe, he was sought after by a lot of different teams. Their top four on defense, I think, is better than what people give it credit for. And I would agree with that. pains me to have to say that about the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, you know, Dylan Strome, you didn't bring him up when you're going through. Like They've got a very deep well-balanced team and i think they may surprise people on how good that they are going to be if they can put it together and i i agree i was never a big fan of adam godet leaving vancouver when he did i think he should have been given this season as a show me with vancouver because he would show a little bit and then regress he would show a little bit more and then regress a little bit. If he, he get can, a breakaway and not score. Yeah. Though, though, if he can put it together, absolutely. He can be a third line center that provides you grit and some scoring. He's never going to be a 
50, 60 point guy, but he will provide you the stuff that you need on that bottom six. That is the role he should be fit for. I think that they will surprise a lot of teams. And I just think they have nothing really to prove because are they expected to be a powerhouse as much as Colorado? Colorado is in that you better do something now or despite just signing Landis Scott to eight years, things are going to start to blow up. You're going into a season with a goaltender in Darcy Kemper that is he an upgrade on Philip Grubauer? And Grubauer so. was always, he was always the question mark there. Like Kemper is coming from a bad Arizona team. Probably partially the reason the, the only games they won were because of him. But can he go from no expectations to we got to win the damn cup here? Like there's a big difference between Arizona and Colorado. Will Darcy Kemper handle the pressure? That's yeah, the question. I And I think he will. I think one of the things about the Chicago Blackhawks this whole season, they're going to get to play with house money because nobody's expecting them to be that good. And I think they could be that good. I think they could be there. So I think there's going to be the expectations aren't there. It could just get to be a freewheeling. Let's go out and have fun, play some exciting hockey. And, and they could really surprise a lot of teams. And that's why I'm with you. I think the Chicago Blackhawks are a very intriguing storyline heading into this season. No. The big question mark will come next year where you got Kubalik, Strom, uh, where are we looking here? Kirby Dock, Nylander, DeHaan, and we'll throw Caleb Jones in there, all going RFA or UFA. You, sorry, they're all RFAs except for DeHaan. He'll be UFA, but also your goaltending and Flurry and Lankinen are UFA. So this is a well, shit, maybe we are in a win-now situation. But if you can win and coax Flurry into another year or two, you might be lucky. Yep. I I think it's, it is a win-now, but it's kind of an unseen win-now moment for the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think they're going to be good. I, I honestly do. And I, it pains me to say that as well because I'm not the biggest Chicago Blackhawks fan. But I do like how they've kind of – Everyone was expecting them to crash and burn for years on end. And it kind of seems like out of nowhere, they just rebounded. It's like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about Boston. It's like you expected them to you know, crash and burn here. And now it's like, well, maybe they're not going to. And well, yeah. as I just said, I don't think they're going to. So, but yeah, Ken, the, the let's Penguins move are on. the only ones. Yeah, the Penguins, I think, are going to crash and burn this year. But let's move on to kind of the fun predictions giving away the hardware for the year. I want to start with one of the, it's not even, it's not a, a player trophy. It's a team trophy right off the hop, the president's trophy. What team do you think is going to win the president's trophy for the most points in the season heading into 2021, 2022? Uh, for me, it's a Western conference team. It starts with a V. It's not Vancouver. It's not Vancouver. Vegas, I think, will take the President's Trophy this year. I don't think that it will, based on my other predictions. I think they'll win the lead, the you know, best team through 82. Um, but yeah, Vegas is a very, very solid team. For some of the lack of moves they did make, it didn't hinder them. 
trading away flurry you still have robin laner now let's see if any of this side twitter stuff becomes a distraction for him on the ice or not uh but yeah i got vegas coming through as the best team over 82 well i i think you missed the whole point of why vegas is going to win the president's trophy this year that's because they play in the worst division in hockey <laughs> it's just straight up i looked at colorado i looked at tampa boston florida and i'm like yeah, these guys don't have as many gimme spaces on the yeah. bingo card as Vegas. It's like, you know, you and I are Flames and Canucks fans, and like our teams are going to be okay, I think, but they're not in the same class as Vegas. Then you, you're getting into LA, uh, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. Seattle. I'm not, I like, I don't, I know there's a lot of people giving Seattle love out there. I just, I, I can't see an expansion team for the second time being that good. There's not based too many on their lineup sp- either. Yeah, there's there's too many free spaces on the bingo card for Vegas not to rack up points. And no disrespect to the Edmonton Oilers, but the Oilers aren't in the Vegas category either. So not even close. It's like not even close. Uh, so clearly, Vegas is going to win the President's Trophy this year. I'm in total agreement on that one. Edmonton has to hope on a back-to-back resurgent season from Mike Smith at the age of 40 to be successful they're they're not anywhere near the top of the class in the west and I, I i live in this city and i will continue to say that okay well let's move on to not a, a team trophy let's move on to the calder trophy and that's going to be for the top rookie of the year and i may have already kind of given a spoiler alert on this one because I think this team's going to be very good. We just talked about them in the Florida Panthers. We just talked about one goaltender from the Florida Panthers who we think is not going to be good, and that's Sergei Bobrovsky. And to me, that leaves a wide-open playing time for Spencer Knight. Thus, Spencer Knight is my pick to win the Calder Trophy. He's going to play on a very good team, unfortunately, in a very tough division. His stats may not be as good because he plays in such a tough division. He's got a very good team in front of him that's going to win a lot of games, going to keep the puck out of their net. I've got Spencer Knight winning the Calder. And to be honest, I don't know that there's anybody else that I've even really looked at. Cole Caulfield, maybe. I just, nah, Spencer Knight. Well, I kind of, I did go two horse race on this because of the fact that you're paying Bobrovsky 10 mil. He's going to get the net to start regardless of the fact that he had the press box for game seven against Tampa, where it was Spencer Knight in the crease and Chris Dreger now with Seattle on the bench as backup. You're paying a guy 10 million. He, he should not be in the press box in a game seven because he's scratched should be because he's injured and has to be, you know, tied down to a gurney to keep him off the ice. It kind of goes against what we talked about earlier in the toughing it out, but you're paying a guy 10 million. He should not be scratched because he's played piss poorly through the playoffs. And even during the season to the fact that you had a three goalie system for a good portion of it. I did too go with Spencer Knight as one of my two Calder uh, trophy nominees who I think could be fighting it out. You've already talked about Spencer Knight and why, So Cole Caulfield is my other one because in the very small sample size of what he did last year, if he can continue that, this may be a two horse race or Cole Caulfield because he's a forward and has an opportunity to play more games 
could take the lead on this if he continues to put up points like he did. Now, will not have the benefit of playing the North Division, but in the playoffs, when he wasn't playing the North Division, he still he still was able to produce and do some good things. So let's see if he can continue that. That's why I think it'll be a two-horse race. Considering we didn't talk about our picks beforehand, we've uh, both talked about the same three people and, and team so far. So let's move on to a, another award that I, I don't think we're going to have the same people, but hey, who knows? I'm going to go Lady Bing. This is essentially the most gentlemanly player in the league and kind of gentlemanly but good player. And this is kind of my first, I believe, to be an off-the-board pick. It's a guy who's recently signed by his new team, has a lot to prove, or not by his new team, by his existing team, has a lot to prove. Uh, his team is, uh, has expectations, but I don't know that they're going to really do much. Sorry, Ken. I went with Elias Pedersen. I just think he, he deserves the spotlight to some extent. Elias Pedersen is a legit superstar in this league. Kind of, and I don't want to say buried in the Vancouver market, overshadowed in Vancouver because people don't get to see him as much. This guy's a stud. He really is. You know, he's he's just he's a good, pretty good defensive forward. He's a great goal scorer, a great player. Doesn't take a ton of penalties. I got Elias Pedersen. All right, yeah, I hard to disagree, but I did. Uh, I think Pedersen hopefully will have a quick but good camp to get himself up to speed now that he actually is signed uh for lady bing i went with uh alexander barkoff the panthers yeah that he was right there with me too yeah i i think this is a guy who you want to talk about overshadowed or not looked upon as much barkoff is a superstar in this league and if he wasn't on the panthers a lot more people would know about him already i think they're going to really start to see what he can do because this is going to be the, the, it's not going to be the summer of George, but it's going to be the summer of the Panthers or winter, I guess we can go with that. Uh, so I went with Alexander Barkov. Yeah, I, his name definitely came up. Barkov actually came up in consideration for another trophy for me. And while we're talking about kind of good all around players, let's move on to that, that trophy. And that's the Frank J. Selkie for kind of best defensive forward. I think this is not just defensive forward. It's kind of all around just good player. In my opinion, I think that's what this award is. And obviously Barkov got some consideration on this one for me. Patrice Bergeron, who always wins this, obviously gets consideration with me. But I'm going to go back to last year's pick who didn't win it. And I, at least I don't think he won it. I'm kind of going off well, my Bar- head here. Barkov won it last year. Barkov won it last year. I picked this player last year to win it, didn't. I got to do it again this year. Mark Stone. I just, I love his all around game. He's got some tenacity. He's a turnover machine, like a creating turnover machine. He's a solid player on a good team. Who's going to get to play a bunch of crappy teams night in night out. I'm going with it again. Mark Stone. You're an ass. Mark Stone is my pick as well. (laughs) Uh, I'm starting to think maybe we should uh, discuss our list beforehand so that we can actually have a little more to just to debate when we do these lists. But uh, so far out of the four we've done, we've only said one different, I think. We, yeah. I went with Mark Stone on this one. Just uh, I think he, he probably could have won it last year. Barkoff did take it, but uh, yeah, Mark Stone is an, an all around. He, he's not just that defensive forward. He scores as well. 
He puts points on the boards. He has some of the best hands in the league. So yeah, that uh, Mark Stone, I think we'll take it this year. I'm in agreement with you. Okay, well, let's move on to a trophy where I'm pretty sure we didn't pick the same player because I really went off the board here. I'm going to stay on kind of the, let's call it the defensive theme, and I'm going to go the Norris Trophy, the James Norris Trophy for the best defenseman in the league. Ken, if you pick the same person as me here, I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to let you lead off. Who do you got winning the Norris Trophy? Well, this uh, defenseman is on a Western Conference team. We don't uh, have the same pick. <laughs> Out of the central from Colorado, Kale McCarr. I think he's just going to continue to get better. Uh, I think he will take it this year. Uh, the guy is just, he's too good. I mean, Adam Fox took it last year. And I, I don't think, you know, we it's tough. We didn't get to see a lot of the non-Canadian teams last year. So we it's it was a tough one to say, you know, oh, hands down, he it was this guy or that guy because you were looking at a stats line. Uh, so I think Kale McCarr will take it this year. Get to see a little bit of different competition, but I think he's still going to put up numbers and he's still going to play good defensively. Yeah, I picked Kale McCarr to win it last year. And unlike the Mark Stone pick, I didn't want to do it again this year just to follow up my picks. If Kale McCarr wins, I am not going to be shocked at all. He is electric. He is a local Calgary product absolutely electric. I am excited about this guy's career. He's, he's fun to watch. I went a little off the board on my pick and I went with Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins to win the Norris trophy. I think he kind of came out of the limelight last year in a shortened season. He had never scored more than about 30 points ever in an 80 game season. He was right around that 30, 35. He put up, I think it was 35 and 56 games. I think prorated over 80 games. This guy might be a 50, 60 point D-man. The Bruins are not going to have any issue scoring. He's probably going to get to play top line power play. He's a good all around player that I think is really going to come into the limelight this year. Getting the, and he got to play it last year. You know, Chara moved on. He is the legit number one defenseman on that team. And when you're a legit number one defenseman on a legit Stanley cup contender, you're going to get Norris Canada's, uh, People are going to recognize you for potential Norris candidacy. And I, for those reasons, I've got Charlie McAvoy. He did finish fifth last year in voting. So it'd be interesting to see if he, uh, if he's able to jump up that list a bit. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Vesna trophy, best goaltender in the league. This goaltender was traded. My pick was traded this off season. Ken just kind of laughed, so I have a feeling we may have picked the same player here. Uh, we talked about this team and our surprises uh, going into the season with the Chicago Blackhawks. I've got Marc-Andre Fleury winning the Vesna. This guy's going to get to play a boatload of games. He's going to – he plays on a, what we deem to be is going to be a pretty good team. He's just been ridiculously lights out since leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins five years ago. I've got Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, obviously, Andre Vasilevsky's in that conversation. Um, I Darcy Kemper, I think, could be in that conversation. Uh, a real dark horse for me could be a guy like Jacob Markstrom in Calgary because he's going to get 75 starts. And if he plays well, he's just going to have ridiculous numbers. But, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, I, I, I like the story. You know, he kind of got cast away by Vegas. He's got a chip on his shoulder. So I think we're going to see the best of him this year. 
Well, I'll, I'll work in reverse from what you just said. Markstrom has to stay healthy. And there's still some questions on Calgary's defense. Oh, 100%. Uh, they're going very dark horse. Yeah, like, he, I, and I'm not saying, I like Markstrom. I, 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 I like Markstrom. I, that's not a knock on him. But he does sometimes get injured. He does have a lot of questions in front of him on defense. Um, when you talk about Darcy Kemper in Colorado, will that be he is in consideration for it because of his play or because the team in front of him is just that good and he doesn't need like to me that I don't know if he would be winning that. It goes hand in play. hand. It, it really does, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if it comes down to it, Marc Andre Fleury is going to play, has not shown any slowing down in his play as he's gotten older. And you said it, he has, he's pissed off. He's going to go into this season with a lot to prove. And he was pissed off when they signed, like they took him out of the playoffs in the bubble versus Vancouver. And I'm pretty sure that he was pissed off when they signed Robin Lehner to that five year, $5 million a year contract when he was still there with three years to go. I think he's going to go out there and just stick it to the Vegas Golden Knights and say, 100%. and that's why, it, but he's just that good that like, even without that, he would still be coming off of the season he had. If he was still in Vegas, he'd still be my pick. But the thing is like, he's going in there with something to prove. And then Marc-Andre Fleury with something to prove is probably hands down better than 99% of the goaltenders in the league. Vasilevsky may be that 1% that would be there with them or better. But I think when it comes down to it, Marc-Andre Fleury will be the best trophy winner. I totally agree. Well, Ken, I, I'm going to put these next two awards together because I'm almost 100% positive we both chose the same player for this one. Uh, the Art Ross and Ted Lindsay Award. Let's just both give it to Connor McDavid and move on. I'm yeah. positive. We Again, we have not seen each other's picks. I'm positive we both picked Connor McDavid for both of those. Connor McDavid is my picks. So, so let's move on from those two. Let's go to the Jack Adams Coach of the Year. And again, I have a feeling we picked the same guy here. We already talked about this team, the Chicago Blackhawks, how we think they, they might be a surprise story because of that, in my opinion, the Jack Adams always goes to kind of the team with the biggest turnaround. I got Jeremy Collinson of the Chicago Blackhawks winning the Jack Adams award. I do not. I have a two horse race from Eastern conference teams. I've got Joel Quinville and Barry Trotz. In all honesty, I think Trotz got screwed last year by not winning it. Um, Trotz is an amazing coach. And what he's doing with that Islanders team, where it is not superstar heavy. He has a lot of workhorses, and he gets everything out of them to be a top team in the East. Um, Listen to the double-digit hockey show when we're on, and you'll see what I think about the Islanders. Joel Quinville, with what he has done, and pretty sure we both agree what he's going to do with Florida. Those two guys, for me, regardless, you, you look at Chicago. And the superstar power that they have, they should be there. The fact that they haven't been there is more of a surprise. And them coming, having to come back to be in that spot is the surprise with them. They have a lot more superstar power versus the Islanders and the Panthers, which is why I think it's going to be a race between Quinville and Trotz. 
I personally would like to give the edge to Barry Trotz. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think Barry Trotz is the best coach in the NHL, and I can't really argue anything that you said. The only reason I picked is Chicago and Colleton was it's always kind of that rebound team. And is are the Islanders really rebounding? Are Florida really rebounding? I don't know that they are. I think it, it for those reasons, but I can't disagree with anything you've said there. Uh, let's keep it kind of off the ice and go to the executive of the year, uh, the Jim Gregory GM of the year award. I've already given this team a lot of love. I'm going to give them more love. <laughs> That's the Boston Bruins. I got Don Sweeney, uh, Hall, Felino, Halla, Forbert, Noshek, Allmark. I brought in Mike Riley in 20 or uh, Mike Riley. They got Craig Smith in 2020. I just look at the body of work that he's done kind of the last few years. You lost Krejci, lost Bacchus. I don't think you really, you, you replaced him with just as good of pieces. I, again, I said it earlier. I really like the Bruins. I like what Don Sweeney's done this off season. He's going to get GM of the year. See, and this is, you know, you and I disagree on that. Cause I don't think the Bruins have done enough. They're a good team. But have they done enough to keep pace with the rest? No, because their goaltending for half the season is going to be a question mark. And then when, if and when Rask comes back, is he going to be ready to take on a full schedule coming off of, what was it, hip surgery? That's a big question. So Barry Zito of the Panthers, what he's done, what he's continuing to do is my pick for GM of the year. Can't argue that one either. I think it's Zito and Sweeney, I think, are two of the most obvious candidates here. Let's move on to the biggest sniper in the league, the Maurice Richard Rocket Richard Trophy, and that's to the player that scores the most goals. Again, I'm going to throw some more love to this team. David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. This guy just knows how to score. Like, you know, honorable Leon Dreisaitl because he gets to play with McDavid. McDavid just because he's ridiculously good. Alex Ovechkin always seems to be in there, but I got to go Pasternak. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> David Pasternak was my pick as well. Um, he's just too good. He, he's good. He's going to have a full season. He's going to have healthy line mates to start off the year. I think it's uh, it's going to be easy for him this year a little bit more. Well, and he just plays on a deep team. Like he, yeah. he he's going to get to play on a power play possibly with you know, Marshan Bergeron, Hall, Pasternak, and McAvoy. Like, it, and he's the trigger man on what could be one of the best power plays in the league. So. No brainer there. Uh, let's move on to the Con Smythe Trophy, and this is going to be a little bit of we're kind of giving away who we think is going to be there, and we're going to finish off with the Hart Trophy, Con Smythe Trophy. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights playing the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final. You know, I've, I've kind of talked down the Panthers. I still really like that team, but my Con Smythe winner, Robin Lehner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Based on what has now been said on Twitter, this is going to be a feel-good story and a breakout for Robin Lehner. Have at it. Well, my, my pick, we did not. Um, I don't think we had any, any of them. I, I My Stanley Cup finals, Colorado versus the New York Islanders. And uh, my con Smythe winner, Matthew Barzell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I've been high on the New York Islanders for the last two, three seasons. I think this is a very solid team that despite who goes in, who goes out, they just continue to be solid and win. So why change it now? I'm sticking with the 
the Islander love. It's going to be Colorado and New York and Barzell's my Con Smythe winner. That's very plausible. I, I like it. I really like it. So last but not least, the biggest award generally, the, the one that gets the most hype, and that is the Hart Memorial Trophy for the MVP of the season. Now, a lot of people would just say you have to automatically give this trophy to Connor McDavid. I disagree on that. One of the reasons I do disagree on that is Connor McDavid had such a ridiculous season last year, getting, what, 105 points in 55 games or something like that, that he set this new bar of expectations that for him to win the, the, the part memorial, he has to exceed that. I'm not convinced he's going to produce like that this year. I still think he's going to produce at a ridiculous rate, but that's going to hurt him. So if that's the case, who wins it? Well, I got to give these guys more love. He was my Maurice Richard winner and David Pasternak. I got David Pasternak winning the Hart Memorial. I think he might push 55, 60 goals this year. If he does, and he plays on one of the best teams in the NHL, he has to be in that conversation. Obviously, McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon are also in that conversation. I wanted to go a little bit off the board, and I've got David Pasternak. Yeah, I mean, that's not a, not a hard one to pick. I mean, he is a very good player. I went same as last year. I picked McKinnon to win this last year. And I think he's going to have the type of season that will put him in right there in that conversation. I agree with Connor McDavid. And the reason I think it shouldn't just go to the player who scores, scores the most points or has that kind of season, because you got to look at the heart is the MVP most valuable player. Now, if you take Connor McDavid off the Edmonton Oilers, they still might make the playoffs. They're still bounced in the first. I don't know about that. I said might, might. But they're not either not going to make the playoffs or they're still going to get bounced in the first round. With Connor McDavid, they've barely made the playoffs and they've gotten bounced in the first round or play in round every time they've gone in except one year. So to me, you take McKinnon off the Avalanche and that team drops severely. Right. The, the Edmonton Oilers don't change that much without Connor McDavid. Oh, I, I totally disagree with that. I think I think the Oilers are a bottom feeder without Connor McDavid. Like They've done, they're a lot deeper this year than years past. But to me, the only reason I don't have McDavid winning this award is because McDavid had such a ridiculous season last year. And if he wins it again this year, I would not be shocked at all. I just, but because he'd have to, he's going to have to put up 150 points to win the heart this year. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. It might, it very well might, but we shall see. Well, there you have it. We've given away our hardware. We'd love to hear who some of you guys think are going to win, especially the Hart Trophy. Big debate here. Reach out to us on Twitter, at the BleacherCon1. Ken is at the BleacherCon2. Yeah, and as always, you know, again, we've had some surprises in our list, but a lot of similarities, even though we didn't talk about it. So uh, it's always fun doing these. Again, don't forget, check us out on the Double Digit Hockey Show with John East Hope to hear our entire NHL season preview. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We always like working with John. That's our show for this week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to check us out on social media at the BleacherCon1, at the BleacherCon2 on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, everyone.